Mix in the Dark. Hey, what's up? It's Mai Yang from Mix in the Dark. This episode is all about the superstition of staying up too late. Depending on your personal beliefs, experiences, culture, and even family background, you might have different versions of this superstition. This episode came to me through an email I received. It just got me thinking about all sorts of things that happen at night. Here's her email. I am a college student at Fresno State. I've decided to reach out to you because I wanted to share a scary story for your channel. I've been at Fresno State for four years now. I am the type of person who loves to stay in the library for many hours just to study before going home. I don't come out of the library until 10 p.m. on weekdays. I always walk out alone from the library and pass by many old buildings on the school campus. This one time, I heard a scary, long, and loud screaming noise. It didn't sound like normal people. I didn't want to think too much, but at the same time, I was already scared and felt the chills down my spine. I don't know how to describe it, but other college students have been complaining about what they've heard too. Thank you so much for that email. I love hearing from supporters because you are my motivation to keep this podcast going. There are two connections that I want to mention before getting started with the stories. Have you ever heard of the witching hour or a devil's hour? It is said that the witching hours are the hours when witches or magic are most powerful. Some people believe that the witching hours start at 12 a.m., which is why in fairy tales, things always seem to happen at the strike of midnight. There's also devil's hour, which is at 3 a.m. Christ is believed to have died at 3 a.m., making demons more active at this time. Also, this is when most people are tucked into bed and fast asleep, and when the world is most dead and quiet. Hmong folks don't have a witching hour or devil's hour, at least not one that I know of. However, it is a superstition that if you go out late or stay up late, something may follow you home or something may want to simply hang out with you. Here are a few true stories that have to do with this particular superstition. Please enjoy. Story 1. Don't stay up too late. There's this Hmong saying that if you go out and come home very late, something will follow you home if you're not careful. My oldest brother likes to go out at night and come back home at 3 a.m. Each time he does that, my parents always yell at him, warning him about the superstition of coming home late. They would scold him constantly, saying that if he keeps it up, they won't help him if something actually follows him home. All of the lectures didn't seem to work. He was out even more than before and barely came home. My mom decided that since he doesn't come home anyway, us girls could move into his room since it was bigger. In that room, we had a bunk bed and a queen bed. I slept on the top bunk while my third youngest sister slept on the bottom. Three of my other sisters slept together on the queen bed. One night, my brother came back home at his usual 3 a.m. He came into our room to grab something. 
closed the door, and walked out. Not even two minutes after he left, I heard the door handle rattling violently like someone was trying to open the door. Freaked out, I covered myself in my blanket. It went on for at least an hour. I was just thinking to myself, how the heck is it that none of my sisters are hearing this? Finally, I heard what seemed like the sound of the door handling falling to the ground. As soon as it reached the ground, the whole room became dead quiet. The next morning, I woke up to check the door. I was surprised to find that the door handle was still intact. That meant that whatever fell on the ground was not the doorknob, but what could it be? Curious about the night, I asked my sisters if they heard the door rattling the night before. Only one of them admitted to hearing the rattles. She also explained that she opened her eyes to see who was making the rattling noises, and she saw a dark figure of a woman sitting by the door. My third sister laughed and told us to stop being cowards and that there was nothing to be afraid of. Later that night, we went to sleep. My third sister, who was laughing at us for being scared, was up late listening to music. I slept with my two other sisters because I was scared. All of a sudden, my third sister jumped onto our bed. I woke up and asked her what was wrong. She looked me in the eyes and told me that she heard a woman laughing in her ear. I sat up in bed and told her to turn on the lights. By this time, my other sisters were already awake. We looked at each other. It was 3 a.m. She told us to go down to my mom and dad. I told her that we would have to run down the hallway and downstairs. On the count of three, we all got up, opened the door, and ran down as fast as we could. My parents woke up and yelled at us for being so loud. I told them what happened and my mom told us to just go back to sleep and that it was nothing. My mom is a shaman, so she is able to sense spirits. My sister started crying, saying that she was scared and that she really heard it. My dad calmed her down and went and grabbed red corn and soybeans. He mixed it all in a bag and my mom went around the house throwing it in every corner. She was trying to tell the spirit to get out. Once she was done, she told us that if we do have ghosts, then the ghost would come and tell us in our dreams. Red corn and soybeans are used to ward off spirits. It acts as a barrier for ghosts when they try to enter someone's home or living space. That night, we slept in the living room together, whispering about the experience. My sister described it as a cold and chilling laugh, like she was mocking my sister. I told her that's what she gets for not believing us and making fun of us. The ghost probably did it to let her know that she was there. Morning came and my mom told us she dreamt of a mom holding a little girl's hand. And that mom was mad because we broke her daughter's leg. I believe we broke her leg because my mom had tossed red corn and soybeans around the house and it probably hit her. She told my mom that the ghost daughter just wanted to play with us, but we broke her leg. They do not plan on coming back anymore. Story 2 
The Basement Room. I was a sophomore in college. I decided to commute to and from school that semester to see if I could save some money. My room was down in the basement, and it was one of those do-it-yourself room projects, so it was small, cramped, and nothing exciting really. The room was only able to fit my queen-sized bed and a desk that I used as an area to store some of the school supplies. No closets. It was a very minimalist type of room. All of the other rooms were on the second floor of the house, which meant that every night everyone else was two floors above me and I was alone two floors below. This room always felt strange. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I didn't let that scare me either. I was majoring in the medical field, so I always had a lot of homework. I would usually stay at the school library to avoid distractions at home until closing time. Our library closed right at 11.30 p.m., so I would get home right around 12, 12.30. Even when I got home, my mind was always restless because of all the action happening with me going to and from school. I wouldn't actually sleep until 2 a.m. One night, I came home as usual and went downstairs to my bedroom. I usually closed the door because the downstairs area was unfinished, so opening my door made it look extra dark and creepy. I had an exam the next day, so I thought that I would take an hour or two to review for it. As I was laying out my textbooks and notebooks, I heard the ceiling creaking like someone was walking in our living room on top of me. I then heard the footsteps go into the kitchen. I thought that maybe it was my dad because he always came down to the first floor to check the doors to see if we correctly locked the door. I continued my studies, writing down notes in my notebook. Suddenly, I heard footsteps coming down the basement stairs. The kitchen was where you would need to get to in order to find the doors to the basement where my room was. I stood up to open my door thinking again that it was probably just my dad checking up on me. As soon as my hands touched the doorknob to turn it, the creaking stopped. Now I was a bit confused, so I flung open my door and said, Dad, is that you? No answer. Mom, is that you? No answer. I closed the door to lock it. I got freaked out. So I called my boyfriend at the time to be on the phone with me. Terrified, I asked him to stay up with me until I fell asleep. The next day, I found myself sleeping face down next to my textbook. My hands were to my side and my face slanted to the side facing the door. I noticed that my door was opened. I thought to myself, I know I locked it yesterday. How can it be open? I am the only one with the keys and it could only be unlocked from the inside without the keys. I tried to lift myself up so that I could check the time but realized that my body was stuck in this position. I also felt my body was super heavy and I was in a deep hole. All of a sudden, from the corner of my eyes, I sensed a tall, dark figure standing by the door by my feet. It wasn't in my view enough for me to see it clearly. 
I grew tired. I felt like whatever it was was draining my energy from me because I just couldn't get myself to move. Finally, I was able to move some of my fingers. After a few seconds, I was able to move my toes and my arms. After what felt like forever, I was finally able to lift myself up. When I did, I looked behind me to see if the shadow was still there. It wasn't. I grabbed my phone, ran up the stairs, and tried to open the basement door. It was locked. Our basement door can only be locked from the kitchen. I know for a fact that there was no way I could have locked myself in the basement. It was impossible. I pounded on the door about a thousand times before my older sister finally opened me. I ran to the living room, sat on the sofa, and was super spooked. My sister asked me what was wrong. I told her everything that had happened just now and the night before. She told me that I must have just been tired. It took me a good hour or so before I calmed down again. My parents have always told me to stop coming home so late, even if it meant for a good purpose. I stopped staying at school late, I braved the basement and started to sleep at proper times, usually before my siblings went to sleep so that I can still hear them chattering and watching movies in the living room. During the second semester, I moved back onto campus so that I could stay away from that room. I am married now so I no longer live in that house. My family still lives in that house. My older nephew now lives in that room and really strange things are happening to him too. But that's another story for next time. Story 3 The Face in the Dark this happened sometime in the summer of 2016. I come from a divorced family, so we have a cycle of going to and from each of my parents' houses. For example, one month my younger brother and I would live with my mom at her house, and then the next month we would live with my dad at his. On one particular night, I came home from a party. Back then, we lived in an apartment complex. There was only my mom, my little brother, and I. I walked into my house without turning the lights on and walked into my room that I shared with my little brother. We had bunk beds. My little brother slept on the top bunk and I slept on the bottom bunk. It was probably around 2 a.m. by the time I got into my bed and I was way too tired to change, so I fell asleep on my side almost immediately. It must have been only a few hours. I randomly woke up in the middle of the night. I slowly lifted my phone to check for the time. The bright lights from the screen hit my eyes as I saw that it was around 4 a.m. In our room, the bed is lined up parallel to a huge window, which was also as long as our bunk bed. My body was faced towards the window, leaving my back exposed to the rest of the room. I put my phone back down and tried to fall asleep again. This was when my senses kicked in. I would say that I have a pretty strong sensitivity to the energies around me. Because of that, I feel that I also attract spirits. In the physical world, I usually see them more than I can hear them, but in my dreams, I can hear them very clearly. In that moment, I sensed a strong presence behind me sitting on the floor of my room. The energy I felt from the presence was sinister and creepy. I felt my third eye open. 
I'm honestly unsure how to describe this third eye, and people may mistake it as me being or turning into a shaman because this is the skill of a shaman, but I assure you that I am not. Even without facing the presence, I was able to have a clear vision of what it looked like. It began with an invisible presence, just sitting crouched up on the floor with its arms wrapped around its legs, looking at me in silence. Instead of being in the corner, it was boldly in the middle of the room, just waiting. The third eye is not from the Hmong culture. It originates in Eastern spiritual traditions that consider the seven primary chakras the base of our human existence. The third eye is also known as the sixth chakra located on your forehead and between your brows. Its function is driven by the principle of openness and imagination. Enthusiasts of paranormal has a similar view of the third eye. The theory behind the third eye is that when it opens, you are able to have psychic powers and deep insight. It is usually associated with a pressure on the forehead. This is when your sensitivity levels and sense of self may heighten. I tried to calm myself down and told myself that I was going to turn around to confront it. On the topic of seeing ghosts, there is a belief that if you see a spirit, you should pretend that you do not see that spirit. Making it obvious that you can see the spirit will encourage it to bother you even more. With this in mind, I pulled myself together to turn over, pretending that I knew nothing of its presence being there. I turned my body over as an attempt to pretend that I was just readjusting my position. At the same time, I took a glance at what was there. Like I said, I don't know the best way to explain it. I could not see a shadow or anything physical with my regular eyes, but I could see it very clearly with my third eye, and it was looking straight at me. I was able to make out every detail of the presence figure. Its face was long and round with two wide eyes, no mouth, but from the energy it gave off, I could tell it was smiling and grinning at me. I made my way to readjust myself again, trying to make it seem like I had not noticed whatever the presence was sitting crouched on my bedroom floor. As soon as my back was turned towards it, I felt it quickly crawl up to the edge of my bed. The hairs on the back of my neck frantically stood up with a cold chill running up my spine. My first initial thought was that it was going to climb onto my bed and sit on me, resulting in sleep paralysis. To my surprise, it just knelt there at the side of my bed with its fingers barely on the edge of my bed. Even though I was faced towards the window, my third eye allowed me to see the face like it was right in front of me. It's the face that got to me disfigured and long, wide eyes, and that feeling of a sinister smile, even though it did not have a mouth. 10 to 15 minutes passed as I laid awake, eyes closed, and pretending to be asleep. It knelt there, not moving an inch. Through the rest of the night, I waited for it to disappear. I probably fell asleep sometime during my wait because I was just too tired. My alarm woke me up the next morning. My first thought was, where was that thing and why did it not come onto my bed? I looked around my room, trying to see if there was any other activity that happened while I was asleep, but the room was perfectly fine. 
I thought long and hard about why it did not come any further onto my bed. I looked up at the bed to where I tied my small red triangle bag filled with rice and medicine. It was given to me by one of my friend's mom to ward off bad dreams and ghosts. These little red bags are usually made by the elders with the intentions of using it to protect you from negative energies. Since this incident, I have had a slight fear of the dark, whether it's being home alone or being in the dark. I can sometimes manage to sleep with the lights off when I am alone, but that image still haunts me. I only notice this presence when I am at my mom's house. To this present day, even though we have moved out from the apartment complex and into a new home, when I am home alone or in the dark, I can still feel that same presence, but just from afar. Story 4 The Figure in the Window Sunday, April 23rd, 2017 This story happened on a weekend in April 2017. I was part of a student organization called the Hmong Student Association of Colorado. We took a trip to Wisconsin for an educational conference and just landed back home in Denver, Colorado. It was sometime around 11.30 p.m. and we were all pretty tired. My friend's dad picked us up and began to drive us all home. We lived relatively close to one another, about 5 to 10 minutes apart. During the month of April, my brother and I were scheduled to live at my dad's house. We switched from my dad's to my mom's every month. As we began to pull up to the front of my dad's house, I saw that the light in my room that my brother and I shared was on. Again, this was a Sunday night, so I was surprised that he was still up. We pulled up to my dad's house and I shook hands with everyone to say bye and thanks. I got my luggage out of the car. As I began to walk the driveway to our front door, I looked up at our bedroom window and saw my brother's silhouette looking out from the blinds. The blinds that we have for our windows are made of thin layers of bamboo with tiny holes so it is pretty easy to see into our room when we have the lights on. Usually. When we hear people or cars in front of our house, we tend to look out the windows to check if everything was okay. So it was normal for me to see that my brother was looking out the windows. I got to the front door of the house, went inside, turned on the front porch lights, and waved back to the car to signal that I was in and that they could leave. Closing the door behind me, I turned on the house lights and walked upstairs to our loft and then turned on the hallway lights to my room. I turned off the main house lights and walked toward my room. As I walked, I could hear my brother's music from his phone playing, and I knocked on the door for him to open since the door was locked. I knocked for the third time and waited. I didn't want to be loud and wake up the whole house, so I knocked on the door the fourth time and said, Bro, open up. I'm home. I know you're not asleep because I saw you looking out the windows. I'm tired and I don't really want to play games right now. I waited for a bit and heard no movement in the room besides his music playing in the background. At this point, I was getting irritated and decided to call him, 
I dialed his number and waited for him to answer. I could hear his phone ringing. Knowing that he was clearly inside, I tried again. I knocked on the door again, and I told him to open up the door. Still, nothing. I decided to spam call his phone to see if he would hear me. A few minutes passed of me trying that. It was pointless. Nothing worked. I remember wondering why he's ignoring me at this time of night. It finally crossed my mind that he was probably sleeping. As that thought hit me, I began to question myself on who I saw looking out the window. That's when more scary thoughts began to sink in. Paranoid but trying to stay calm, I scrambled through my backpack and luggage just in case I had keys on me. I was able to find my keys, so I opened the door to find my brother passed out on his bed. I went to turn off his music on his phone and called out his name. Wake up, dude. I know you're playing around. He didn't respond, and that's when I began to get spooked, when I realized that there was no way this boy would have been up a few minutes ago when I saw him from outside. I tried to stay calm so I wouldn't scare myself any further. I placed my luggage and backpack on the ground, changed into my PJs, and pulled out my phone charger from my backpack. I was hesitant to turn off the lights, but I told myself that it would be okay since I'm not in the room by myself. By this time, it was around 12.30, so I turned off the lights and went to sleep. I woke up randomly in the middle of the night. I looked at my phone and only two hours have passed since I fell asleep. I was still pretty drained. I looked around the room and stopped my eyes at the edge of my bed where my feet were. There was this dark figure hunched over. Again, I thought it was my brother just playing jokes on me, so I called out, Dude! Is that you? Why are you awake? No answer. I just said whatever and tried to go back to sleep. In my process of trying to sleep, deep thoughts flooded my mind and I began to think about that figure that was hunched over me at the end of my bed. I got a little spooked and decided to take another look. I slowly peeked and I saw the figure was still there, but instead... It was swinging its long arms from side to side. After seeing that, I was even more freaked out, and I tried not to react and forced myself back to sleep. The next morning, I woke up and was trying to process the two events that happened last night. I thought about it being sleep paralysis, especially for the dark figure. But the more I thought about it, the less convincing it was because I was able to move freely and check my phone and such. I was going to ask my brother and tell him, but at the same time, I did not want to scare him. This was the first time anything like this has ever happened in our room besides the small scratching noises that came from our closet. That's a story to tell later.